Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist. It's good to be with you in worship this morning. I was uh, concerned that the weather might keep some folks away this morning, but you are a faithful and devoted lot of souls, and so I'm uh, grateful for you being here uh, to gather in worship uh, this morning. And for those who are uh, worshiping with us online, I welcome you as well and, and appreciate you uh, choosing to join us for this time of worship and pray that we will all be blessed by this time of worshiping together. I'd encourage you to find the attendance pads that are in the pews, fill those out, pass them along to others in the pew with you uh, so that we have a record of your presence here with us in worship this morning. Next Sunday is going to be our coffee and fellowship time uh, between Sunday school and worship. We're doing that uh, right now, we're doing that the fourth Sunday of each month, and so uh, that will be next Sunday. So if you're in a Sunday school class, I'd encourage you uh, when you get out of class to head right to the fellowship hall and have some coffee and fellowship. If you're not in a Sunday school class, then I'd encourage you to come a little bit early next Sunday. Uh, we'll have that set up uh, starting at 10 o'clock. So uh, 10 o'clock down in the fellowship hall, coffee, refreshments, and fellowship time. I hope you'll join us for that. This Thursday is our administrative board and charge conference meeting. We're having a special charge conference uh, for the purpose of considering a candidate for ministry, and that will be the only item of business for the charge conference, and then we will have our regular administrative board meeting immediately following that charge conference. So that all begins at 6.30 this Thursday evening. I hope all of our administrative board members will be there for that. We're getting ready for shoes for the shoe list. That's coming up very soon. Uh, we're going back to our previous way of doing it, where we measure uh, the, the children's feet and then go out and buy the shoes for them and bring them back to the church, and then they come back uh, to pick them up. And so measuring day is going to be on Saturday, July 30th, and then they will come back two weeks later to pick up the shoes. We need lots of volunteers to make this happen, and I'm sure you probably need more, right, Sandy? So uh, Sandy up here is the one to speak to if you would like to volunteer and participate in the Shoes for the Shoe List. Appreciate all of those who, who make that possible, that we can bless so many children and families of our community through that important ministry. We come here this morning to offer God our worship and praise, and so let us be in a spirit of worship. I invite you to stand as you are able as we join together in the call to worship. Good morning. The call to worship is printed in the bulletin. We gather to give thanks to you, O Lord, with all our heart. We will sing our praises before all creation and rejoice your steadfast love. You have created us, O Lord, and made us for yourself. In you we begin everything you have made us to be. We gather to worship you, O Lord, with all our heart. Our opening hymn this morning is a Worship the King. It's number 73 in the hymnal and on the screens.
Thank you. You may be seated. And if you would join with me, please, the opening prayer is printed in the bulletin. Let us pray. Faithful God, we come into your presence with thanksgiving, deeply grateful for the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown towards us, your people. When we call out to you, you answer. When we are exhausted, you give us the strength to go on. When we find ourselves in trouble, you are there standing beside us. And so we come before you with gratitude and praise, offering you the worship of our hearts and lives. Open our eyes to see and know your presence here among us. Open our ears to recognize your voice and then send us out from here to live and work in the world as your faithful disciples. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And our prayer hymn this morning is, Open My Eyes That I May See, which is number 454 in the hymnal and on the screens.
us pray. Oh Lord, we do pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears to hear what you are saying, how you are calling. Open our hearts to receive your mercy, to receive your truth, to receive all the blessings that you have for us, Lord. So often we close ourselves off from you, focused as we are on our daily tasks and worldly affairs. But Lord, you are always with us, always calling us back to you. Lord, forgive us for those times when we have listened to the world, listened to the voice of others seeking to define us rather than you. You, Lord, are the one who has created us. You, Lord, are the one who has loved us and called us. You, Lord, are the one who has saved us. Be with us now to turn us back to you and to keep us with you from this day forward. We pray for your blessing upon this congregation as we seek to serve you, as we minister to one another, as we witness to the community around us, that all that we do might be filled with your love, with your blessing, with your grace, and it all might bring glory to you, Lord, for that is what we seek to do, is to serve you, to glorify you, to lift up your name above all others. Lord, with work within this congregation, work within this community. Lord, bring transformation to this country and to this world. Turn the hearts of many back to you until all come to recognize your glory, your sovereignty over all. We pray this all in Jesus' name as we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue to worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings as the ushers come to wait upon us.
please join me in the prayer of dedication. God, we bring our gifts to you with cheerfulness and a joyful heart. Grant that along with our gifts, we may also offer a ready mind and a willing spirit to show forth in our lives the truth of the gospel. Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. The gospel lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. It's where Jesus visits Martha and Mary. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Please be seated. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light take my hand precious lord lead me home when my way grows drear precious lord when my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand lest I fall, take my hand, precious Lord, me home. through the storm through the night lead me on to the light take my hand precious Lord 
Thank you, Wayne. A collection of high school students try out for the spring musical. Each of them has an idea of which part they would like to play, what is their dream role. The day the selections are posted outside of the auditorium, the students all gather around to take in the results, which ones got the better parts, which ones were rele relegated to secondary status, which ones were passed over entirely. Some are thrilled to find they got just the part they wanted. Others are crushed and wonder why. I sang better than she did. He doesn't have any acting skills at all. Her in the lead rather than me? No way. Why does he get to play that part? That's not fair. Of course, each person has their own idea of what they consider to be the best part. Some prefer to be the main character with the most stage time. Others would rather have a smaller role, but one with the show-stealing number. Still others have no desire to be out on stage at all. When I was in junior high, getting to operate the spotlight from the back of the auditorium, that was the very best part for me. It all depends on personality and interests and what one considers to be most important. In that sense, what is the better part is a relative matter. Not so in today's gospel lesson, though. In our reading today from Luke 10, Jesus says to Martha, Mary has chosen the better part. When Jesus calls something the better part, that judgment is worth listening to. He isn't stating his opinion. This isn't just a matter of personal preference. Jesus is saying there is something objectively better about what Mary was doing than what Martha was doing. Note that he is not saying Mary is a better person than Martha, but that she has made a better choice. And that better choice has put her closer to Jesus. That better part will not be taken away from her. Martha doesn't get to steal the show, no matter what she has to say about it. Whether she thinks that she has performed better, whether she thinks that she is more worthy of the lead, her opinion doesn't make any difference. Mary has chosen the better part. Jesus affirms that. He refuses to allow that role to be taken away from her. Mary's name is at the top of the list, and there it is going to stay, according to Jesus. There are two problems with understanding and accepting that, one having to do with the culture of their day and the other having to do with the culture of our own day. Let's address our issue first. Within our churches today, the majority of people filling the pews tend to identify more with Martha than they do with Mary. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I see some heads nodding. Martha is down to earth. Martha is practical. Martha gets things done. Where would the church be without all the Marthas? Where would society be without all the Marthas? If all the Christians just sat around all day listening to sermons and praise music and not actually doing anything, well, wouldn't much get done, would it? We know it. We know we need to put faith into action. We know we need to put feet to our beliefs. We know that being 
practical-minded and action-oriented is a gift from God that can be used for His service and to the betterment of church and society. And yet, it sounds like Jesus is criticizing Martha for doing just that and praising Mary for sitting around doing nothing. If doing nothing is the better part, then where does that leave us as a church? Where does that leave us as a society? If doing nothing is indeed the better part, then where does that leave the more than 50% of you in this room today who would say that you're more of a Martha than a Mary? I think you know, though, that Jesus is not praising Mary for doing nothing. Doing nothing is not what he calls the better part. Neither is he condemning Martha for being practical and getting to work. Keep in mind, this story that we're reading today follows immediately upon the heels of the one that we read last week, the story of the Good Samaritan. In the story of the Good Samaritan, it is the one who goes out of his way to do something who is the hero of the story. The zeros of that story are the ones who do nothing because they're so focused on their religious devotion. The Good Samaritan is a man of action, and so should we all be people of action when it comes to caring for others. But isn't that exactly what Martha was doing? Taking action to care for the needs of the household and to serve Jesus? Right after he finishes telling the story of the Good Samaritan, where taking action in service to others is prized over religious obligations, Luke then goes immediately into the story of Martha and Mary. And in this story, the roles are reversed. In this story, the one who attends to religious devotion is lifted up as the example, while the one who is busy serving everyone else is put down. The two stories taken together, placed side by side with one another as they are in Luke's Gospel, show us that activity versus passivity is not really the issue. The point of this story is not about how much we get done in a day or how much of the day we spend doing nothing but pondering Jesus. I think we instinctively know that. We know there's something else going on here, but what? Well, let's consider the problem from the cultural context of Martha and Mary's day. It's not just people today who might be shocked and dismayed and more than a little confused by Jesus' words. His words in this story would have been even more perplexing back when he first said them. Back in those days, there were very clear parts to be played and clear rules about who was to play each part. The role of the disciple was to be played by men. Men were the ones who studied the Word. Men were the ones who could sit at the feet of a master and listen to his teachings. When Luke 10, verse 39 says, she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying, that was a scandalous thing for her to do. It's hard for us to even imagine there being anything wrong with what Mary did, but back then, women just did not do that. The, the idea that, that Mary, a woman, would presume to take upon herself the role of a disciple, that was outrageous. And that Jesus would allow her to do it, that was even more outrageous. 
Mary, by sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his teaching, as only a man was supposed to do, and Jesus allowing her to do it, they were both inviting scandal upon this home. In generations past, it used to be said, a woman's place is in the kitchen. That was certainly the mindset that Martha and Mary had been taught to submit to. The women were supposed to take care of all the household stuff, the cooking, the cleaning, taking care of the kids, providing accommodations to their guests, all of the various tasks that had to be attended to. That's what the women were supposed to do, to focus on, so that the men could sit back and give their full attention to the religious teaching of the master. That was the part Mary was supposed to play. According to Martha, according to custom, according to culture, according to religious tradition, according to everything they had ever been taught by anybody, except for Jesus. Mary wasn't even supposed to be able to try out for the part of a disciple. And here was the director handing her the role, handing it to her and affirming that she had every right to choose that part for herself, that he wasn't going to interfere with her choice in any way, that the part of a disciple was hers and it would not be taken from her. When you look at this story within the cultural context of that day, you see that the dichotomy is not really between active disciples and passive disciples. The dichotomy is between those who are disciples and those who are not. Martha didn't even consider herself a disciple of Jesus. That's not to say she didn't respect him or believe in him or consider him to be a, a great teacher, a great man. She just didn't think that absorbing his religious teachings had anything to do with her. She had her sphere of the world to focus on. That sphere had to do with household chores and taking care of the men. Worrying about religious matters was their part to play, not hers. The fact that she didn't consider herself a disciple, that she wasn't concerned with following Jesus, that is shown forth when she actually presumes to direct Jesus. Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. Can you imagine the gall of telling Jesus what to do? She wasn't the only one, of course. Even Peter tried to command Jesus rather than follow his lead. But that's precisely when Jesus called Peter Satan. So giving a command to Jesus isn't exactly the part a disciple is supposed to play. Jesus is more gentle with Martha, though, than he was with Peter. At least he doesn't call her Satan. But he does inform her that she is off track. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. The problem is not that Martha was keeping busy. The problem is that she was so focused on that busyness that she let it distract her from the one thing that actually matters, listening to Jesus. Learning from Jesus, being a disciple. Being a disciple means listening to and learning from 
Jesus. It means allowing one's life to be shaped by His life. Allowing one's mind to be conformed to the mind of Christ. Allowing one's character to be molded by His. Being a disciple means paying attention to Jesus and following Him. That is the one thing necessary. The only thing needed to which Mary was giving herself over entirely and which Martha was missing completely. That is the better part that Jesus commends Mary for choosing. Not that she chose to sit and do nothing while someone else did all the work, but that she chose to listen to Jesus for herself rather than listening to all the other voices of the world that she decided to let Jesus direct her rather than just going about doing what society or religion or her sister told her she should be doing. You see, this, this story, it's not really about personality or temperament, whether you tend to be active or passive. It's simply about paying attention to Jesus. There are a multitude of different types of people, as many different types as there are people. Each one is different. Each one is unique. Each one is created and loved by God. Jesus is not saying to Martha, why don't you try to be more like your sister? He's not. He is not telling Martha to be more like Mary. He is not telling Martha to be someone other than who she was created to be. Jesus is not telling you to be someone other than who you are. What he is saying is, whoever you are, however you are made, pay attention to Jesus and follow his lead. You can do that by sitting quietly at his feet like Mary. Or you can do that while taking care of the chores. Did you know that you can do dishes and listen to Jesus at the same time? Martha's problem was not that she was keeping busy. Her problem was that she allowed her busyness to distract her from listening to Jesus. Martha could have baked some bread and still paid keen attention to what Jesus was teaching while she was doing it. How do I know she wasn't paying attention to Jesus? Because she was focused on Mary. What Mary wasn't doing. What what she wanted Mary to do. What she thought Mary was supposed to be doing. If she had been busy focusing on Jesus, she would not have been worrying about Mary. Imagine. Martha has the very Son of God in her living room, and rather than focus on Him, she's busy grumbling about her sister. But you know what? We do the very same thing, don't we? I mean, we have the Holy Spirit within us. Jesus is with us all the time in your living room, in your kitchen, at your office, wherever you go. Jesus is there to guide and direct you. But what do we focus on instead? Whether or not somebody else is doing what we think they ought to be doing. Grumbling when others don't meet our expectations. 
when you are focused on Jesus, what he is saying to you, how he is leading you, what he is telling you to do, you don't have time to worry about somebody else and what you think they ought to be doing, what part you think they should be playing. Jesus will assign them their role. You don't need to worry yourself over that. What you need to be focused on is the part that he has assigned to you. Notice that I said the part he has assigned to you. Not the part given to you by society, or the part that you think the world expects you to play, or the roles defined for you by handed down tradition, or what your sister has to say about it, or what your friends think about it. It's the role that Jesus gives you that matters. And you won't know what that role is if you are worried and distracted by all the expectations that have been heaped upon you by everyone else except Jesus. There are a multitude of ways to serve Jesus. There are those that require exerting a lot of energy and resources, and there are those that require being still. There are those that come naturally to us, and there are those that we, where we are pushed far beyond our comfort zone. There are those where you get to be in the spotlight throughout the show. And there are those where you're the one running the spotlight for others. No one sees you at all. There are those that you might consider to be the better parts and those that you would never want to play. But there is only one person who can say what is the best part for you. It's not your sister or your brother. It's not your church or your pastor. It's not your friend or your neighbor. It is Jesus. Only Jesus. He is the one who created you. He is the one who knows you and loves you like no other. He is the one, the only one, whom you must listen to and follow. Focusing on Him and following His will for you, that is the better part. That is the best part the one that will never be taken away from you. That is the one thing necessary. Thanks be to God for his loving call upon us in Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able for our closing hymn. It's in the hymn books at uh, number 462. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Let us sing together.
as you go from this place, know that Christ goes before you and with you. Listen for him and follow him in all things. To the glory of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.